Hello, and welcome to All Fighters Follow Me, a Star Wars Armada podcast, as well as a proud member of the Armchair Adventures podcast series. I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. This week on Holonet News, we have some new material from the Fantasy Flight Games live stream where the developers spent some time going over a round of the new Rebellion in the Rim campaign, as well as gave us some previews of new cards and some uh, release date announcements. Yep, they announced that two weeks from now, the Super Star Destroyer will finally be available. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one. Also, they they said that uh, the Rebellion in the Rim, which everyone should be excited for, uh, Rebel or Imperial player, will be getting some pre-release articles at the end of August or late August, mid-August sometime. And then the Rebellion in the Rim should be released sometime in September? That would be my expectation, yeah. Maybe late August, if we're lucky. Rebellion in the Rim looks like it's going to be a very interesting campaign. You start off with a 200-point fleet, and then through the course of the campaign, build up your fleet, build up unique upgrades. So it's kind of almost, it's got a really fun kind of storytelling element to it. Yeah, it's a lot of, you know, commanders um, trying to make a name for themselves, I think, whereas... Uh, the Krillian Conflict, which was their first campaign expansion, was a little more about, you know, you have your already existing commander running around uh, crushing skulls, where, yeah, it looks like Rebellion in the Rim does have a lot more narrative aspect to it. Um, I don't know how big your fleet can get. I don't know if they've said if you can add new ships. I know they've talked about the upgrade um, addition, where at the end of a battle, each player gets to choose an upgrade, and either, if you won, you get a more expensive version of that upgrade slot, or if you lost, you get a less expensive version. And in the live stream, they also showed and introduced more of the squadrons, upgrades, and objectives that they're also releasing as part of Rebellion in the Rim, and these are looking pretty exciting. One of the really cool elements that they've introduced are some new objectives with some new obstacles. So you're going to have Purgles, Exegorts, and Gravity Rifts, which will feature in the objectives. So, these will be a lot of fun to play with, I think. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm interested to see how the, the Exegorts, which are the space worms that uh, they flew into it in the asteroid chase in The Empire Strikes Back, on. Um, they said something about those messing with your squadrons, so I'm curious to see how exactly that interacts, but I think the idea of, you know, like, some TIE fighters and X-Wings flying around and suddenly, like, somebody just gets eaten by a giant space worm in the middle of an asteroid field <laughs> sounds pretty fun. I'm excited for the Purgles, which are big space whales. Yep. Big space whales. But I think the other one is, like, you get that uh, gravity rift, which is what they ran into in the Maw in... Uh, like the Maelstrom and the Solo movie, so I think you'll be able to include that. And I believe they mentioned that we can play with it in uh, standard games as well, but I'd have to double-check. Well, that would be a lot of fun. I Personally, I really enjoy those objectives where it really is just kind of a fun obstacle or just... Something thematic? Just something thematic. Yeah. In the games, rather than 
some sort of weird twist of the points. Sure. This one, one thing I've always found, like, blockade run as an objective I've always found is, is very enjoyable because it's, you know, that classic, hey, we got our Star Destroyers blockading our supply shipment or our troop drop or whatever. and um, So I don't know how those objectives will fit into, like, tournament play, but for casual fun, for casual play... Those should be a lot of fun. I believe the if it goes away as Krillian Conflict, the the red, blue, and yellow objectives included will be okay. Will be good for tournament play, and casual play, and the um, campaign. The green objectives are campaign only. Um, I mean, you can always play them for fun at your on your table or at your game store just as a pickup game, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be able to put it in your tournament list. Mostly I'm excited for Cardboard Space Whales. Speaking of Cardboard, they did actually slip us the new uh, Squadron Dials Cardboard, and it looks like we can make out... We already knew about IG-88B and Lando, who we can see clearly. It also looks like Hondo, friend to all the people, is a... I'm guessing Imperial Squadron, because most of the Rebel Squadrons are green and red, and the Imperials have that kind of blue and red. Um, and then we have Kanan and Mart Martin uh, from Rebels. Kanan was an actual main important character. Mart Martin was uh, a secondary main character, uh, secondary oh. character's nephew who showed up and was obnoxious for an episode. Yeah, he's Sato's nephew. That's right, yep. Um, so you that can have a Sato fleet with... Uh, with the kid that doesn't know what a Star Destroyer is. Oh no, we took on a Star Destroyer. That's not a Star Destroyer. That's a Star Destroyer. I do I do really appreciate that one. Um, the last one in the picture we have here is covered up, and then there's some uh, other person in a ship on the bottom. So I can't really make a couple of these out. One of them is an angry gold cone head that I can't directly identify. But yeah, we got some new squadrons. I see a lot of the grit icon we have they've got some Kanan has assault um lots of rogue which you know it's a rogues and villains switch so the six of the eight we see have rogue um I don't know I'm glad to see a little bit more rogue for my imperials mm-hmm. that should be pretty interesting Mostly just kind of excited to see more characters from the Expanded Universe being brought in. Yeah, seeing, seeing more of, like, the Rebels characters, seeing some, uh... I feel like it's some games like this where those characters can really be brought to the forefront and made special. Speaking of some things from the uh, Expanded content, we have the Corvus title, which is Aiden Versio's Raider from the Battlefront 2 game, which I still want to play, but haven't yet. Um, Too busy playing with little plastic spaceships. Yep, I'll play with my digital spaceship soon. Um, But the Corvus, which is a two-point raider title, um, and as a complete raider geek, I I can't express into words how excited I am for this one, that lets you, at the start, or after deploying ships, you can take it up off the board and redeploy it completely. So I believe that means different speed chart, completely different position, but it has to be in your deployment zone. Um, 
that'll be really good for just kind of deployment strategy. Yeah, and it gives the Imperials, who've always had more expensive ships, a little bit of a deployment game and a little bit of that um, feel that you know Rebels get with Radis and Profundity where you're like, hey, this is going to go in the perfect spot. And I think it'll let Raiders get into some really nice like hard flank positions or let them block off, say, if you have a Quasar or a school of Gazanti somewhere um, that are supposed to be pushing squadrons, you'll be able to remove that raider to block off any threats to those. It's really nice that it's actually a really cheap title. Yeah, we have titles for three other ships. We have a Nebulon B, they said is the Vanguard, um, which I think might be a Dodonna's ship. I'd have to double-check on that. The Liberator uh, CR-90, which is Sato's... Um, CR-90 from Rebels after the Phoenix home has a uh, unfortunate Darth Vader incident. Very bad, no good day. It's hilarious. Um, and then a Harrow title, which I am not familiar with, but a lot of people have been excited about from a some of the uh, Legends Expanded Universe stuff. Mm-hmm. So we get a new Victory Star Destroyer title, uh, new Liberator, new Nebby, um, all ships that have a title that, you know, might get them in play sometimes, but not enough to really um, get out there. And I think that'll be healthy for the game. Yeah, it's good because you can get really stuck in a rut with certain titles. Jaina's on certain Light. Start- Jaina's Light. Always Jaina's Light. Yep. But Jaina's maybe, Light's the best. Maybe Liberator will be worth, you know, putting in another CR90. Or... Maybe I'll do a yet. Uh, <laughs> Yep, Neb. Yep, Neb. Maybe I'll do. Is that an Ewok fleet? It is the Ewok fleet. Yep, Nebs. Yep, Nebs. Okay. Maybe we'll, I'll do a Nebulon B that isn't Yavaris. I do like Salvation myself. You should try that one sometime. It's shooty. You like it. It's shooty. I do like just point and shoot. Yeah. Ready oh. to point and shoot. <laughs> Speaking of shooting, um, they have some new upgrades besides titles, like they have the uh, Linked Turbolaser Turrets, which is a really excellent looking, or sorry, Linked Turbolaser Towers, I assumed it was turrets, but no, it's actually towers, Um, you may reroll one red die in your attack pool, just blank it, so whenever you're attacking, you get to reroll one red die. That is super good for small rebel ships that really only have... Maybe one or two red die and aren't really, don't really have a whole lot of reroll options for them. Yeah, I think it'll be really nice for, you know, Nebulon Bs, um, Architens like it a lot, I feel like. CR90. I feel like Triple Laser reroute circuits might still be the king for CR90s. They are in the same slot and they're the same points. They're in the same slot, but. Um, And then. but it does offer also this really cool anti-squadron ability. Yep. Do you want to read that one? Yeah. While attacking first squadron during your activation, you may add two dice of any color to your attack pool. If you do, you cannot declare additional squadron targets for the this attack. Finally, something to kill Sienna Re. If you have an attack pool. Dang it! Still obstructed! No! Okay. My nemesis. Yep. Um, but I think that's going to be really nice for just getting, you know, even if it's just a generic that's really 
in your range and you're flacking. You're like, you know what? That guy is just gone. I'm I'm done with that A-wing right there or that TIE bomber. Or Or good for wearing down some of those squadrons that just have so many hull points. Oh, maybe I can use it on Hera. Leave Hera alone. But I like Hera. I want to pay attention to her with lasers. No. Um, so then we also have a couple, let's look here, we have, uh, so, so to fire those, we have weapon battery techs. While attacking a ship, you may change one die face with a accuracy icon to a face with a crit icon. That's a weapons team for five points. So it's sort of in that veteran gunner's, um, ordnance experts range. Uh, that'll be really good because it doesn't specify a color. Yeah. So that can be really good good to throw on with any kind of upgrade where you need a crit to to get an effect off, like HIEs. Yeah. HIEs, I think, are one of the best uh, instances for it, um, heavy ion placements, uh, because it's a blue crit, and blues have two accuracies and two crit faces, so basically it turns it from a one in four chance that you're rolling that crit to a 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. It, it won't work on any of the black crit effects because black dice don't have accuracies. That's true. Apparently they don't believe in homing missiles. I don't know. Um, um, and red dice only have one accuracy, which if you get, you're usually pleased. But, you know, you might always be able to switch it out. Yeah. A little XX9 action in there never hurts. Yeah, hurts. Um, or at least it doesn't hurt much. doesn't hurt you. Um, <laughs> And then we have... Oh, yeah, for our more squadron-heavy players, we have Reserve Hangar Deck. When a non-unique squadron with Swarm at distance 1 to 5 is destroyed, you may discard this card. If you do, you may set that squadron's hull points to 2 and place that squadron unengaged at distance 1 with its activation slider toggled to the activated side. Note... This this is really cool, but it does only affect swarm ships, so this is primarily a TIE fighter card. I think the only rebel squadrons that have swarm are the headhunters. Z-95 headhunters, and there's one... Oh, sorry. Uh, non-unique, so you can't use it on uh, Dagger Squadron, the B-Wing. Oh. Um. Because, you know, it would be really sad if someone brought a B-Wing back to life. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can really see that they were, they're doing some solid proofing with this. There's that non-unique, um, dis, uh, it's a discard, so you can only use it once. So if you have lots of offensive retrofit, this might be nice on a couple, uh, flotillas. Like if you're taking a Z95 swarm, you have a couple, uh, of those, what are the Gallifrey transports, Mm -hmm. um, that you could throw this on. Let's see, you have to place it at distance one. It has to be unengaged. It's activated by it. Uh, so if they alpha strike you and wipe out a couple squads, you can save them, but it really seems like something where you've thrown your squads in already and they're getting crunched and you bring them back and then you send out more. It's I like the feel of it because it's that like Imperial just throw TIE fighters at them. And more don't TIE care. fighters. Yeah. Um, and for only three points, it's... Not a bad card to have if it can bring you back an extra TIE fighter. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, I think that's going to bring some strength to the generic game where, you know, a lot of that is 
oh, hey, I could bring this 8-point TIE Fighter, or I could bring this 13-point Valen Rudor who has a scatter and is going to take, like, four shots to kill as opposed to the one or two that the TIE Fighter... Oh, wait, but wait, the TIE Fighter comes back to life. So I think it might bring some balance to that, and I think we might see some actual interesting um, TIE builds, maybe with Sloan. Yeah. Might like that, just to get recycled TIE Interceptors and TIE Fighters coming out. Um, yeah, that, that one looks really cool. The art for it is neat. you got some TIE Fighters flying out the Anger Bay. And then finally we have, on the more defensive side, we have this one called Auxiliary Teal Shield Teams, uh, which is a, during engineering, you may, or is, requires an engineering command to activate. You may treat the maximum shield values of your right and left hull zones as increased by one when you recover or move shields to those zones. If you do, the number of shields in these zones cannot exceed a maximum of four. So that's Nebulon Bs have a support team. Um, Liberty class MC-80s have a support team and could take that for some extra shields. CR-90s, interdictors, command architends. Oh, I would definitely put these on a Nebulon B. Yeah, getting a little extra side shield in there. Mm -hmm. um, says it's only increased by one, but the doubling your side arc shields is a pretty huge deal. That, that jumps Nebulons from a total of eight shields to a total of ten shields, and that's a pretty substantial increase. Mm -hmm. It does, you know, you do have to be using those engineering commands to do that. Um, I might just start throwing that on my interdictor because then I'm suddenly going 3-3-2 uh, three, three, when I'm hitting uh, that, like, victory star destroyer range of shields and I can pop them all on first turn. Um, Liberty, I think, will, will really benefit. Just, you know, those sides get so vulnerable that like having they a couple do. extra shields, two shields on the Liberty... Uh, we just got a Liberty, and we I think we've each played it once now, so we're still getting used to that ship a little bit. It's not your standard large. Not standard large. I was having a bit of fun just going super pew-pew-pew with it. Oh, it's excellent to just rolling dice, I thought. Oh, yeah. But taking pew-pew back is not something it does. <laughs> um, let's see, anything else here? Especially not when it gets rammed head-to-head -head with your interdictor and your interdictor's on the station and mine keeps getting bumped back to the debris field. Hey, that's just good maneuvering. Ugh, unfortunate maneuvering. So, and if I remember correctly, they said that something like there's 26 or 28 upgrades and I am seeing eight that they announced in this bit, plus the, I think it it was Sabine and uh, Aiden Versio that they spoiled in the uh, Rebellion in the Rim. So when they have just over a third of the total um, upgrade cards that they've told us we're getting. So we have a long way to go. This is a really full expansion. It is. It's going to have a lot of just really cool upgrades and hopefully a lot of like new dimensions to add to the game. Yeah, I feel like 16 uh, objectives. I know when Crying Conflict came out, I was pretty new to the game, or we were pretty new to the game at this point. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember people talking about Crying Conflict objectives completely upending some of the the game and the meta and you know how people played and what people needed to watch out for. And I think 
adding another big pile of objectives is going to really um, stir things up. I think with uh, whatever, just with some of these um, upgrades and obstacles we've seen, I think this is going to make a lot of big changes for the game, and I'm really excited for that, and I think they'll be hopefully all positive ones. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I know I really enjoy about the game is mix and matching, trying out new strategies, and really getting to explore the new things that come out. Yeah, so Rebellion in the Rim, be excited. Uh, Super Star Destroyers, going to be the 2nd of August for the standard release. Bum, bum, bum. I wish I could take time off work to be at the game store the moment it opens and get mine. But I'll just have to drop by on the way home. Uh, oh. And then we'll have to see all the fun upgrades that come with that. Oh, speaking of that weekend, they did state that... So they'd mentioned a, a while back that there were two new... And I'm saying this with finger quotes. Sizable ships um, that were going to be released by the end of the year. They said they're actually going to tell us what those ships are at the Gen Con in-flight report. Ooh. So we're going to get some... We're going to get the Super Star Destroyer. We're going to get news about new stuff. They're doing some announcements for Rebellion in the Rim. So the next six months are looking pretty excellent for to be an Armada player. And I know it's been a long 18 months, question mark, that we've been waiting. But I think it's finally... Um, I think we're finally kind of getting off that backlog of stuff that they've been working on. And um, I'm... I'm sure the development team over at FFG is really um, putting head pen to paper on these and, and getting stuff going, so I'm excited for it. Moving on to Intel Brief, we have news on the engagement front that the folks down in Chicago, uh, Eric and John from Cannot Get Your Ship Out, are doing a, um, what's the word? Charity tournament in November on November 9th, uh, which is a Saturday, um, and it's going to be at a place that there's beer and food, and it's gathering money for the Boy Scouts of America. And I really hope to go down, uh, maybe take Same a here. take a Saturday. So we're we're looking to be coming to that. Um, also, if you're in the Twin Cities area on August. 11th, I'm going to be running a small format uh, event that I came up with some rules for. Called I the, helped. You did help. You did an excellent job of helping um, and coming up with the actual idea. Yeah. So we're calling it the... Uh, you vaped you, my... You vaped my Star Cruiser, which where we have blind deployment rules, which I'm excited to try. So if you're in the area, that's going to be at Tower Games on Nicollet Avenue. Um... You can send me a PM on the Fantasy Flight boards or on the Discord. I go by Alzer on there, A-L-Z-E-R, if you're interested in more information. Um, otherwise, I'm Moff Ted. I'm Senator Faith. You can follow us also on Instagram at AFFM.official. May the Force be with you. <laughs>